0: Hi, and thank you so much for being with me again today. This podcast we're going to do is on self, self-centered, self-pity, self-indulgence, self-focused, but it's not meant to judge. It's meant to really see within us or help those who struggle in relationships due to maybe an excessive self-involved partner. And... um We can suffer from too much self, right? We need to take the log out of our own eye before we judge others. It's um, very important to extend beyond ourselves. Self-indulgent can be like overeating or too much drinking, too much TV. And it's rather explanatory. And self-pity is a self-absorbed... Um, person with their own troubles and unhappiness, you know, a victim mentality, which is really not fun to be around. But um, it's the psychologists say it's the convincing of yourself that you are unable to change uh, as you also suffer from emotional loneliness, ambivalence, worrisome attachments. And self-centered, which is a self Selfish or self focused. You're preoccup- preoccupied with one's own desires, needs, and interests. And these are all intrusive behaviors. We all have some of this in us. Again, I say we should be looking at ourselves, not point the finger at someone else unless we're struggling in a relationship and we need to have a conversation. Um, The sad part is that these traits really lack care of other people and consideration. And the people who really struggle with a lot of self-motive have poor quality relationships. It's like a giver and a taker. One will give too much and become exhausted. The other takes more than they'll ever give. I was studying this in a verse, James 3.16 says, for while you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder. And you know, that is really well said because it does not enhance a relationship. And I have talked about the book, Boundaries and Safe People, both by Henry cloud and dr. Townsend. Um, dr. Cloud had a passage in his book that I thought was was really great. lukewarm people continually concerned with um, playing it safe are slaves to the God of control. This focus on safe living keeps them from sacrificing, and risking their life for God or others. Safe people, for example, admit their weakness and have a trustworthy, that trustworthiness that's built over time. A pastor I recently listened to spoke of self-centeredness and our relationships that they won't make it because these relationships are just too difficult, too strenuous. However, I believe you can make changes in yourself. Self-growth is always a work in progress. As I was digging into this topic, I found an article by the Cleveland Clinic and it says, um, It's dealing with selfish people. It says to recommend limited time with these intrusive people, to set boundaries, distance yourself. They can even manipulate you to help them when they should be helping themselves. Cannot care for you, nor will be considerate of what you are doing for them, your needs or your feelings. Then they expect you to handle them with gentleness, these people hurt easily. And I imagine if they're so self-involved, they're probably hurt to begin with, that's what I think. I think it's time to flip this and get this onto the positive track now. So the opposite of self-involved, self-centered, selfish is integrity and love and also serving others. Integrity is the state of being whole, honest, strong, having moral principles and uprightness. The way we can express this to someone is with active listening. Pay attention and remember as much as possible. Show that you are listening Give sincere compliments. Again, it's paying attention to somebody else other than yourself. Recognize your self-involved issues. People are not trying to hurt you if they're being honest and they wanna have a conversation. Let others decide where to go or what to do for an activity. You're not the only one that has needs and wants. Neither am I for that matter call our parents more often or our siblings how about our friends we give and uphold each other as much as we can and it says give to others being considerate to their needs and desires it promotes well-being by doing this whether it's giving some money or some spare time it is so important to serve others it gets us out of our heads And the last thing this article said, which is my personal very favorite, is clean up after yourself. Um, It shows a great consideration for others that you're not going to leave a mess and it shows responsibility. Examples of integrity, the character of integrity is trustworthiness, open and honest communication, expressing gratitude, valuing others, taking responsibility being patient helping others without sacrificing your own health taking care of what you have and if you borrowed from someone else you return that item in the same condition or better from what they handed to you Joyce Myers calls integrity going the extra mile Gary Chapman of The Five Love Languages says the opposite of selfishness is love. Love can help you and your relationships get through anything, any conflict. The attitude of love will resolve your issues. Gary Chapman really has some great material out there and also a podcast and online quizzes to reset our patterns and to thrive in our relationships and traits of integrity and love really change our lives how can they not giving it to the Lord for him to work in us will change us everyone can change and many of us do know our struggles and our weaknesses and if you don't you just pray about it God will be happy to show you Matthew 10.30 says, God knows how many hairs are on your head. So he knows what you are made of. He knows what you're capable of. Ask him and he will show you. I'd like to read a great passage regarding how to live in love. Philippians 2.3-5 do nothing out a selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That passage has so much meaning, and what a great way to express how we should live, no matter where we are in our workplace, with our families, making decisions even, right? I have been living in a very self-focused time. I have trying to plan my end of life, um, putting everything together for my children and where I should live, a lot of decisions. And it's awesome to have the people in your life, your friends, um, your family members that you can talk through things through so they understand what's happening in your life. So when you look really self-involved, you're, (laughs) you're going through a period of time. And that is understandable. I think of though the Lord, because not everybody can deal with all of this, right? So I think of how the Lord promises to instruct us and to give us knowledge and to counsel us in Psalm 32 8 it says I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go I will counsel you with my loving eye on you and what a promise that is and naturally we don't want to be self-righteous either which is you know morally superior attitude with um, people you don't know what they're going through so if it is a little out of character for them you have to have grace and we will talk about that at some point we can certainly ask hey what's going on you seem a little um, self-focused or a little involved with something and and ask if you could pray with them or if they need to talk it's great to have a person i'm going to talk about self-care because that's not selfish getting a good night's sleep eating well exercise you know these are not excessive items But it's needed to keep you emotionally healthy, physically healthy. And, um, you know, we all need some downtime too. So, however you do it, you know, we just spoke about rest. It's so important to be in a restful state so you are able to give to others. And of course, today's society is just so crazy and a rat race. And we really need to build that into our day, make it intentional. Growth is probably the best thing you can do for your self-care. As you learn more about yourself and get through the gunk of life, your relationships will thrive. You will thrive because we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. I have this image of when... We're deep into something, whether we want to change something in us. So we don't even know maybe what it is, whether, whether it's self involved, self centered, whatever that is, or it's an addiction, or it's um, some bondage to some sin. I think of a tray, my eyes are closed. You can close your eyes. I think of holding a tray, like you're going before the Lord and you're holding a tray. And on your tray, you have a bit of thankfulness because you're depleted, but you want to be grateful for your children or your spouse or your parents or your friends, whatever your gratitude is, a car that works, an apartment, a home. And I want to put my heart on that tray. Lord, search me. Show me what. I need to change in me and then I think of the help pile help me with my end-of-life plan or help me with a job I'd like to get out of and find another job whatever the help me is and it could be five things and then I see another pile on that tray of strength. I thank you for the strength, Lord, that you've gotten me through this day again because I can't do it on my own. And I think of this tray and I'm holding my hands under that tray, offering it to his feet to help with... Whatever we need help with, because that's what he wants us to do. To be naked in our soul and laying our heart out to his feet. And we just are so thankful that we can do that. And then we say, in Jesus' name, Amen. I'd like to leave you with a passage as we are wrapping up Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And that's Psalm 139, to 24. And I encourage you to read that Psalm. 139 is an awesome promise of the Lord. If you have a prayer request and would like to share that with me so I can pray for you specifically, please email me at comfortbites at gmail.com. God bless you.